following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 8th, 2019, season 15, episode number 110. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And do we have a lot to talk about today? We've got to talk about all this coaching change. Uh, it's been something that fans and even us at times have talked about really for probably a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years. I don't know. Uh, but Cowboys do finally make a change. They uh, they move on from Jason Garrett and they make the decision to hire Mike McCarthy. Uh, I want to go back with you guys to Saturday and Sunday when we started hearing the news about Garrett first of all. And then Sunday, obviously, no, Monday when the news breaks about Mike McCarthy. And tell me what your thoughts were. As far as this hire for the Cowboys, we'll start with you, Nick. Oh, man, about freaking time really was the thought because uh, it didn't start at the weekend. It started the week before, and, and you know, you're hearing reports and all that, and it's frustrating uh, just because, you know, you're waiting on official news. And so, you know, for it to finally happen with Garrett, um, my, my thoughts were I wonder what changed you know, did did something happen in this interview process? Because it looked like it might go all the way till January 14th. That's kind of maybe what Jerry was trying to do. It was hard to figure out what was happening here, but something must have forced his hand. Maybe it was a great interview with a guy with a guy that he decided to hire. Um, I guess like looking back on it now, and we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody. We will today, but like me reading between the lines, I guess my main impression was like. They were thinking about keeping that guy. They were like they were thinking about going forward with Jason Garrett if they couldn't find something better. And I, I mean, they they feel like they did. Like again, yeah. me reading between the lines, Jason Garrett's contract didn't run out till January fourteenth. They did this week long thing where they nobody knew what they were doing, and then they hired the one coach with a more extensive resume than Jason Garrett. And to me, that reads as Jerry Jones being like, I don't really want to do this. So if we're going to do it, then I need to be absolutely sure that this is a more experienced, more successful version of what I already have. I don't want to teach another coach how to do this. I don't want a learning curve. I don't want any of that stuff. I want a guy that can step right in. And Mike McCarthy fits that bill. I don't know how successful he'll successful he'll be, but he fits that bill. Amber? Well, you know, a while back I asked a question as to why is it that Jerry Jones is so attached to Jason Garrett? And you guys basically answered it, you know, that he was the guy that he brought up. And after 10 years, you're expecting him to kind of explode at one point and, and be productive. So you can tell that it wasn't an easy decision. And I was kind of, I, I kept going back and forth. I'm like, okay. Is Garrett gonna convince Jerry? Like, is he gonna bring him back? And after you hearing them meeting more than three times, I don't know what the total number was of meetings that they had, but a lot of meetings. Um, 
As far as McCarthy, I really don't know what to feel about him. I know he has the experience and all of that. Hopefully, I get a better feel when I see him in person. I've seen <laughs> pictures of him, and I'm like, okay, he doesn't seem like an aggressive guy, and I want someone aggressive. Is he aggressive? Yeah, that's what I hear. I hear he could be aggressive with his team. But, well, no, honestly, you don't know. You don't know yeah. what a coach is from one stop to the next. I don't right? know if you it really makes don't. him aggressive, but the great status. Look at that smile. Look at him smiling. The great statistician himself, Bobby Belt, said on Twitter last night that Mike McCarthy won more challenges during his time in Green Bay than Jason Garrett has thrown. Oh, wow. He won more challenges than Jason Garrett even challenged. Yeah. So... Like I said, I don't know if that makes him aggressive, but any of them stand out more than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one, in, one that one was in particular is pretty important. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. clearly, a change was needed, and regardless of who the new coach was going to be, I think it, it was time for the Cowboys to make a change at the position. But again, only time will tell as to what McCarthy can do with this offense and this whole team. But as of right now, I. I I don't know how to feel. Yeah. Should I be excited? I don't know. We I, oh no I, no go ahead no you haven't had a chance to weigh in. Derek, go go. go. <laughs> the only thing I was going to say is actually I agree with what you said. I actually think um, and and this is something I started to you know around here in the office we all were having our discussions about what we thought was going on because again you, that was a that was about as closed of a situation as I've ever seen at the Cowboys. Usually you make the right phone call to somebody in the building you can get an idea of what's happening. That was not happening last week. Like it was very, very quiet, and it suggested to me that whatever was happening was being kept between Jerry Steven and Jason Garrett. And at the time, my thought was, well, of course they're going to make a move; they're going to move on. But the more it lingered, the more I really started to think I, that Jerry might have been having that conversation and and really contemplating, like, should I make this move or should I not? And um, and and I think you're absolutely right, Dave. I think you get to a guy like Mike McCarthy. And you just start looking down this guy's resume. You're talking about a coach who's already taken a team to the Super Bowl. I think nine of his four, 13 years, nine of his 13 years at Green Bay, they were in the playoffs, had four uh, division uh, title game appearances, obviously winning the Super Bowl. Like, there, there's nobody else right now that was currently available as far as head coaches are concerned that had the resume of Mike McCarthy. So if, Je- if, Jerry's, if Jerry is wanting to go out and find somebody who has the resume that says he can get it done. That's really the only guy out there. And when they had the interview, it sounds like they were from the very beginning. Beginning, it was kind of this match made in heaven where they really hit it off. And I think that's why they pulled the trigger. I said this on – we did a you know a joint show on Monday to kind of react to it. I said it there, so I won't do the whole spiel again. But it reminds me of drafting Zach Martin over Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lincoln Riley could have been this Sean McVay league landscape transforming hire, or it could have been just an utter disaster, and two years from now, everybody's like, wow, that was really stupid. Mike McCarthy, I think Amber's reaction is probably how a lot of people feel. Like, I don't think people are just rioting in the streets in anger, and I don't think people are throwing parties either. They're just kind of like, okay. This could work, and I I don't know if he'll get the Cowboys to a Super Bowl, but I don't think they'll look back in three years and feel like they did something stupid either. Just a steady, solid hire. Well, well question. Sorry, I was just going to ask a quick question. Why, if he has so much experience and this extensive resume, why was he not working last year? Well, that's the nature of it. You get fired, and obviously the luster comes off, right? Um, he had the career that he had there, but then he had his final season there. He got fired during the season. 
And and so obviously there's not a lot of teams necessarily that's always ready to just jump right got, back in there he, with a guy. He got fired because <clears throat> um, Aaron Rodgers, I think, didn't want him to be the coach. Yeah, and I think there were there were at least from the reports I've read in Green Bay, there were people that thought that his thing got stale there. Like his his play calling got stale supposedly, and his offense got stale. They only and, won one Super Bowl. It, well, you know that's always a <laughs> that's the what weird I'm argument. To that's me, what but. I'm saying is that his, he, everybody's expectations are at a different level. Right. Jason couldn't get past the divisional game. Mike McCarthy couldn't get back to the Super Bowl again. Some coaches, Marvin Lewis, let's say, couldn't win a playoff game. Right. Some coaches couldn't get to the playoffs. So everybody's got their. But once you set those expectations, and you know, I see it a lot in college too. You programs that aren't very good, all of a sudden they go to bowl games every year, but then they can't go past eight and four or nine and three. You, if you you start getting uh, evaluated by the expectations that you have created, so. He created those expectations to be at that level, and he, and he couldn't get there. Yeah. So, But to her question, and let me go back to what Dave said, too. Well, I said this on the show the other day. The, the Johnny Manziel, Zach Martin, is a very good example because I believe Jerry was the only one in the room that wanted Johnny Manziel, and everyone was That's trying to tell him, yeah. listen, you can't do this. He's not ready, and this guy's a solid player. Better than solid. <laughs> yeah, He's right. been a seven to six-time All-Pro. Uh, I think in this case, I think, I don't know, one of the reasons why you don't hear a lot of what was going on out there is because I think Jerry was probably one of the only people that wanted to do that. And then when you start getting into ownership and, and changes and up at the top and a difference of opinion, that's where, it, that's where you know you hit like a stalemate. Because a lot of times it, they're, at, they're on the same level. But I think in this case, again, Jerry was probably the only one that really was thinking. So when you said, I think they wanted to keep him, I don't know if it was they. Maybe not they. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think causes issues with how they operate around there. And so this was one of those cases where they maybe, you know, disagreed and that's what caused so much, you know, a, a delay in all this. Yeah. Um <clears throat> let's go to I, I want to ask you guys a question. If you if you assume that that McCarthy is at least a solid hire, based on what you know of him, what do you think is the best thing he brings this team? Or what is what is the thing that you expect will be better under him than it's been? Under Jason Garrett, I'll, I'll start. I guess uh, I think that you know, just first of all, fans won't be able to say this guy. I don't believe this guy could get us to a Super Bowl. So you can't really say that because right. he he's done it. He can get it there. Now you can you can turn it to Dak if you want. If if, if they fans want to say that, I don't know if Dak. You know, and they already do say that. But I think that you know the experience of. Of winning, you know these games in the playoffs. What it takes to be just a little bit better when you have these close games, you know, down there, a feel for when do you challenge, when do you not. Uh, that's all part of, of game management, and and so you know, I, I think that that'll just to his experience there. And I know we're gonna talk a little bit about why he didn't coach last year. I think I think there's a lot to that that's really intriguing for me of why he didn't coach and what he was doing last yeah, year. Yeah, I want to get into that. I don't yeah. know if that was why he didn't coach, but I think he made good use of the time, and I think it's why, personally, I think it's why he got the job here is what he was doing during that year. But we'll talk about that in just a second. Maybe not better than – you can't say this is better than Jason Garrett, but, again, I think a big selling point is that – this is a guy who's done everything that he needs to do already. In turn, like he's he's got skins on the wall. He has run an NFL program and done so successfully. He is a veteran. He's been in a Super Bowl. He's not going to have or shouldn't have a hard time 
commanding the respect of the locker room, especially if the staff that he is reportedly putting together is really, if that comes to fruition, I mean, you're talking like hundreds of years of NFL experience Mm -hmm. on this staff. I don't think even a team as experienced and talented as this should have a hard time responding to that. Again, Jason Garrett did all of that too, but with a less experienced coach, I think you run the risk of people being like, who the hell is this guy? So what if you won in the Big 12? Well, I don't think that's an issue here. Um, better than Jason? I have a feeling we're going to have a better idea what he does on game day. I mean, this is a guy that's been a play caller for the vast majority of his NFL career. Say what you want about how it ended with Rodgers, but he was definitely instrumental in his young and developing career. Again, a lot, I mean, it's so hard to know where to split the credit on that. Like, Rodgers probably would have been great with any coach, I think. I Maybe. think. I, I mean, you can't say that for sure, but I think. But even at the same time, this is a young, offensive-minded coach who's good at calling plays and putting game plans together who helped Rodgers develop into the one, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, that's really encouraging for a team that's got a 26-year-old quarterback, I think. And again, I mean, from calling plays to designing the game plan, I think, like I said, I think we're going to have a much clearer idea of what he's doing during a given game than Jason Garrett. Yeah, I will say this, and I've been having this this debate on Twitter with people about the development of Aaron Rodgers. He spent two years with Aaron Rodgers as his head coach before Aaron Rodgers became a starter. To me, I look at that and say, I don't know how much credit he gets, but he got to get some. Uh, you're talking about a quarterback that 23 teams decided we're not going to take a shot at him. And that says to me that there were some things that teams felt like needed to be worked out in him. Whatever it was, they felt like he wasn't necessarily a surefire don't because those guys don't last till the 24th pick in the NFL draft. I don't care what you think of their arrogance or whatever else. They don't last till the 24th pick in the draft if people don't think they have something that has to be worked out in them. You're not wrong, but like... Don't forget that the narrative going into that draft was that Rodgers or Smith could go number one. Like Absolutely. people were talking about him as a number one overall pick. So I don't, yeah, that's a great mystery, but I don't know that he was seen as as big of a project as a lot of quarterbacks that have come out. Maybe not, but there would have been somebody around 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, right. 20 who would have, even if they weren't there, would have traded up if they felt like this is a no miss. Think about all the guys. Who have been picked up as quarterbacks where teams jumped up a couple spots because they were like, we're, this guy's just too we are, he's too good to be waiting around at this point. We are agreeing with yeah. each other. It's, but you can't come you can't take all the credit away from Mike McCarthy, right. even if I do think Rodgers would have been great anywhere. Yeah. And, and that's that may be the truth. I just look at this and I say, you have a quarterback that right now is good. Really good at times, right? If you have a a, a guy that actually can get him from good to great. And maybe Aaron Rodgers would have been good, but maybe not great if he hadn't had McCarthy. All I'm saying is the fact that he was a part of the development of a quarterback that became a great quarterback, I want to see what he can do with this quarterback and see if he can get him to that next level. I would love to know if Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers will exchange messages about this hire and what Rodgers would say privately. Like interesting. Even yeah. if I had a chance to ask him, he wouldn't tell me what he would tell Dak privately. But that would be fascinating. Because he'll tell them the good and the bad. Because yeah. guess what? With all of us, there's good and there's bad, sure. right? Um, Ambry, are you are you? Do you think that in this type of situation, just having a new voice makes a difference for this team? I think so. I mean, you can tell by even with the players and how they were feeling um, as far as having Jason Garrett around. I think the mood was starting to switch towards the end of the season. Now, I'm really curious to see how this is going to work out with Kellen Moore. I know he's. 
he is a smart guy and he's starting out in his career. He's young and this and that. But I just, because I, I don't really know how much liberty he had with Jason Garrett as far as him planning all the plays for the offense, I don't really know what Kellen Moore can actually do because I'm not sure how much of that was his own doing versus how much input Jason Garrett had in the whole game. So I don't know. I'm not sure how I quite feel with Kellen Moore and the reports of him coming back as the offensive coordinator. And I I just, I don't know if I wanted a, a whole clean sweep, like yeah. let's clean it all out and, and bring in a whole new staff or well, let's keep him another year and kind of see how he goes. Let's do this, Nick. I'm going to run to a break real fast. When we come back, I want to talk about it and I want to get your opinion yeah. on Kellen Moore. I also want to talk about some of these other coaches because I do think there is a pretty big sweep that's yeah. coming here, at least from the reports that we're starting to hear. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the coaching changes. We've talked about the head coach. Let's talk about Kellen Moore. It sounds like, uh, based on reports, that there is a strong likelihood that he will be retained as the offensive coordinator. Nick, you were about to make a point before the break. What'd you have? Well, I don't think... Nobody cares who the general manager is. They just care who picks the players. Nobody cares who coordinates the offense. They want to know who calls the plays. So that's really what this is going to come down to is, yeah, he might be the play caller. I don't know if he'll call the plays. And if Mike McCarthy calls the plays, then, you know, obviously – 
because people want to know who who do I who do I get mad at on third and one when they threw it deep, you know, um, and so that that's what it, what's what it'll be. And I think McCarthy will call the plays, but if you got a chance, and I think you know that interview's been floating around with Peter King. Uh, if you got yeah. a chance to see it, where he talked about that, whoever's going to install the the game plan uh, will be the one that that calls the plays. But I I do think he, is that where he mentioned Kellen Moore and yeah, did. ironically he used a Kellen Moore play to illustrate stuff that he wants to do in his next stop in the NFL. So maybe he will call. I mean, I don't know yet, but I just know that he's done it in the past. He got it pulled from him in 2015. And they sucked. They sucked. He got so it back. So he took it back. So, you know, it's... I don't. That's tough. It's hard for me to imagine a, you know, I mean, McCarthy's been in the NFL since the 90s. It's hard for me to imagine him giving up play calling duties. But it's hard for me to imagine Kellen Moore taking what I would view as a demotion. I mean, not being an offensive coordinator who doesn't call the plays. Obviously that exists, but you know, it's, it's established guys like Sean Payton who do that. Um, so I, I'm curious to get the answer to that. If they'll give it to us is who's actually going to be in charge of that. It does sound like Kellen's going to stay. I like it. Um, you know, last year was a net positive for me. Like there were ups and downs and growing pains, but the the off I the offense was not the problem for this team for the vast majority of the season. He's an intriguing and exciting young coach. The one thing I will say is, does it create kind of a Jason Garrett situation where Mike McCarthy has to worry that the wunderkind is like over his shoulder, you know, ready to do something bigger and better if they struggle? I mean, that's what happened to Wade Phillips, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let, let me ask this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out this my scenario of what I think on this, and then you guys can tear it apart. All right. Um, I think that last year one of the problems the Cowboys had was inexperience in the coaching ranks. Particularly, I will point to several different position coaches, mm-hmm. and the offensive coordinator was a part of that. I think that the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, I think he was good at his job. I think the games where the Cowboys often struggled, and in moments in games where Cowboys often struggled, I think were a result of his lack of experience. And I don't think... My personal opinion, nobody's told me this, I don't think the head coach last year was necessarily helping him in those situations. Hey, my experience tells me maybe we should try this. Hey, let's do this. Maybe we should go to this. And and so I think because of that, what you saw was an inexperienced guy having to learn the ropes basically without somebody giving him advice, sound advice during the game that might help him out of tough situations. My expectation for this is if they bring Kellen Moore back, and let's say Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is going to call the plays, what I like about that is this head coach has a vested interest in him succeeding, which means that maybe he steps in and says, hey, at this point, we saw this with Bill Parcells. He used to do this. He talked about just because I'm not calling the plays doesn't mean I don't influence plays, right? So if if there's a situation in a game where, hey, Kellen, I, I know you might be thinking something here, but I really think this is a point in the game where we need to run the ball. I really think this is a, a play. I see this this opportunity over here with what uh, with what one of the receivers doing downfield. Let's take a shot here, right? He's still calling the plays, but there's somebody that's giving him advice as he's calling the plays that might yeah. help him learn and be better as he goes along because he doesn't know what he doesn't know as an inexperienced guy. What do you guys think of that? I don't think, I mean, that we know that if Garrett was doing that or not doing that, but um, – I think that that McCarthy's going to have you know a, just a good handle of the offense, um, and you know that's going to be where they've got to be on the same page with Kellen Moore. He's got you know once you get to that point where you think, hey, he knows what I'm what I'm thinking here. He he I, he gets it, and and that'll just be a feel thing. I mean that's why you know we might hate four preseason games, but they won't. 
they'll love the four preseason mm-hmm. games or five um, if they go to the Hall of Fame game, um, which I'm just throwing out. I don't know that. And I don't want to scare anybody, but I don't think I don't know if that's happening. But I'm just saying, if they have five, they'll probably love it. What you don't want to go? You don't want to go to Canton? No, sorry. I've been a few times. I've been there. They typically only do that when a Cowboys person is up for enshrinement. Well, uh-huh. Only one of the most yeah. famous coaches might be getting in. Jimmy Johnson. See a finalist? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. He could get in there. Yeah, he could get in there. I don't think the Cowboys will be in that game, but I'm just saying. I think Please the, pre-se- the preseason <laughs> games I think will be important for, from that like standpoint. Just, let's go to Oxnard. We'll I think the preseason games will be Come important back. for that you because what will happen is is they'll get a chance to Sorry. see. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Bengals <laughs> or the, whatever. You'll get a chance to do that. Yeah. Sometimes you got to talk to whoever's listening. Yeah. You, Amber was listening. No. No, I was. <laughs> she was <listening. laughs> Amber's in her own world. Yeah. You know, but I, you did mention you're like I don't know if if that's happening with Jason. What gives me that opinion? Is we saw toward the end when of the year, that, yeah. Jason was very adamant that certain questions were being asked him. Kelly calls the plays. <laughs> like, well, that makes and when me he think said, it, "Like, oh, I don't want to be in his ear during," mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, right. "You should be That's in his ear. You does. should be having this kind of yeah. communication during game day, especially when it's not working out." Yeah. So hopefully, the communication between these two and just a different kind of respect. You know, when you're trying to gain somebody's respect that you haven't worked with before, you tend up to try harder. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're meeting someone for the first time and trying to kind of impress each other in, in a way. You know what I'm, yeah. you know? No, so hopefully the change is good. I'm amused by the wild extremes that we've seen from this team over the last few years. Like going back, like 2015, they let DeMarco Murray go and it was like any back can run behind this line. They course corrected real quick by spending a top five pick on a running back. 27 or 18, whatever, it was like, oh, we don't need a wide receiver. We're going to be Dak. committee. We're going to be Dak friendly. We're going to handle this thing. That went out the window real quick, and they sent a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. Last year, it was like, we need some new blood in here. We need fresh ideas and young coaches. And now it looks like they're about to hire just, I mean, you're not allowed on this staff unless you've had 30 years of NFL experience. <laughs> I mean, you know, John Fassel is the rumor and Jim Tom Sula and Mike Nolan. Like, we're talking guys that have been coaching the league since the 80s. Like, Jerry's like, enough of this learning on the job crap. We want guys that have been through the battles. So I just think it's, you know, they kind of veer from one extreme to the other based on the last result, which we're, is interesting to watch. Let's walk through some of these names. Before I do that, though, I want to let you guys know we will be taking calls here later in this segment and also through the uh, remainder of the show. So if you guys get want to call us, tell us what you think of the new coaching hire, new coaching staff, reportedly. Uh, you can call us 888-855-2297. Again, 888 888- Eight five five two two nine seven, and I will take your calls that way. Um, so, so let's walk through these right now. Reportedly, Mike Nolan is going to be the defensive coordinator. He would be replacing kind of this hybrid between Rod Marinelli, Chris Richard. Do you think that's an upgrade? Do you think that's about the same, or are you just like, hey, we just have to wait and see on this one? On Nolan, I, I mean, you'd like to think it's going to be an upgrade. I mean, um, I. It'll be hard to tell. I mean, I I do like what he's done in in the past uh, with you know with those teams that he's had the uh, 49ers and you know the Saints had had a good year with their, with their linebackers. But you know, I what I'm intrigued about is he's run some three four right. Yeah. So he's also run some. He's run. Yeah. He's done both. Yeah. I you know I don't know if you know if this team right now is ready for that for that transition, but. You could. It'll be interesting to see in the draft if they kind of go that route and 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 maybe try to eventually get to a three four defense. I think that would surprise me because like 
I mean, I you know, even in spite of an eight and eight season, like I think this team is built to win now, and I think that's a at least a little bit of a transition. I mean, we talked about it on Monday. Is yeah. like they don't have three four ends. They don't really have any edge <laughs> Do rushers. Not, what? Do they not though? I don't uh, think so. They have. I think because I think have, like, I think one. a lot of the guys that they use in the middle, um, Covington being one of them, free agent. I get that. I'm well. Most of these guys are free agents, so we're talking about. Basically, from the standpoint, you got to replace those guys anyway. So, if you want to get a guy that you think's better fit, great. But if you brought back the same guy, I think Covington could play three four end. Uh, I think I actually think that Malik Collins could play three four. Yeah, end. I do too. I think he'll play um, three, four I think end. they still have the same problem, which is the problem they've had for a long time. They don't have that big space eating guy in the middle. But guess what? You'd have to get him anyway. Antoine I actually think would probably be that guy. Maybe is he? The question would be: Would he be able to hold up in that in that kind of role? Jay I don't know. Ratliff held up. Jay Ralph was a different kind of dude. True. Rod's whole <laughs> thing is different kind of dude. What would you do with D-Law? I actually think D-Law would be a better stand-up outside linebacker. Don't agree. I, I'll tell you this. Jalen I saw, I saw the transformation that Greg Ellis made when he went from being a 4-3 defensive end for all of his career to being a stand-up outside linebacker. He was a way better pass rusher on the outside as an outside linebacker in the 3-4 than he ever was as a 4-3 defensive end. I think that it get, and you see it all the time when teams make that transition or players get the opportunity to make that transition. If they have the right body type, which Demarcus Lawrence does, they become just unable to block in a lot of instances because of how they're able to get far on the outside and make that get upfield. Like I, I, I think it would be a great move for, for D-Law. didn't mean to take us down this road. My, I, I don't see it happening right away, at least. Yeah. I don't. I think they'll stick with what they're built to do in, for the time being. But anyway, um, the fun thing about a guy like Mike Nolan is that when you've been in the league that long, you've coached a lot of good defense and you've had some really bad defenses. Like You can point to... Like, oh my God, this is so terrible. Or, oh my God, he's so good. Because he's, been, I mean, I think his first NFL job was in 1987, just before <laughs> I was born. Wow. Um, so he's done a little bit of everything. I mean, if I'm looking for something to feel optimistic about, it's that he's got a lot of experience coaching linebackers, and the Cowboys' defense will probably be as good as their two young linebackers are. Like, that's. That they're like they're gonna go the way of Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. The Saints linebackers were really I mean, Demario Davis has been a revelation for them. You would think Mike Nolan's had a hand in that. So that's encouraging. If he can get the most out of Leighton and Jalen, I think that could be really good for them. Yeah. But I don't I don't know that it's like a clear cut, just massive upgrade. Right. So And I mean, let's I mean the thing about it is Rod Marinelli is not like chopped liver. He's a good coach. So I don't know that they necessarily upgrade. The question is if a new voice and maybe new schemes, maybe trying some different things, may make get the best out of these players where Rod was very set in his ways of what he wanted to do. Maybe they just need to change up what they're going to do. If he can get the most out of the linebackers and coach them into getting more takeaways, I'm in. That's all I ask. All right, let's talk about John Fossil, special teams. He's reportedly going to be the new special teams coach. He would be replacing Keith O'Quinn, which obviously they've had lots of issues this year. What do you guys think? Now that, I mean, it speaks a lot to how bad the special teams were that like people are jumping for joy over a special teams coordinator hire. But I think they probably should. Because we put this story together last night, Nick, that he, you know, he's reportedly going to be the hire. Yeah, he hasn't. His units haven't been worse than like twelfth in the leagues in his time in L.A. Or well, his he's time done some Rams. good stuff in the league. Yeah, uh, you know, well, top ten perennially. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, if Chris Jones is back, I mean, he better get his arm ready. Yeah. Hey, 
Honestly, this guy I, will fake punt now. He, we saw it. He does the, it all the time in the Rams game that that they played. He, didn't they throw a fake punt against the Cowboys? Remember, it was the play where they threw it, yeah, they caught it, it and they called familiar. it a fumble, oh. but then they came back and said it was a catch. That was a fake punt from the Rams. Okay. Um, so I'm just saying, you with him, somebody on you Twitter always have to to be leery of that. He they will do a fake punt like almost once every three games. Well, get a punter that can throw. I forgot about this, Receiving but point. he actually Cooper going Ryan. back to going back to when when the Rams were in St. Louis, <laughs> he did a fake where they had the whole punt team. Oh man, fake the ball to the right side like it was Tavon Austin. It was Tavon. Tavon Austin fake field it because the the coverage team doesn't actually look where the ball's going. Have you seen this play? He it, it was the coolest thing. It was like six years ago. It, it's on Twitter. You can go find it. But Tavon Austin misdirected the whole coverage team. He ran all the way to the Stead, left. and Bailey through. caught it on the right side. But the way they ran the coverage tricked the whole. And t- they thought it was all the inside. And Stedman Bailey just ran in a straight line. Touchdown? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Untouched. Which, wow. and that, I mean, that fakes are, fakes are one thing. Like, I don't care about that, though. I care about the fact that they've been top ten in all coverage yeah. metrics for like a decade uh, their their specialist trios in the Pro Bowl every year. Hecker, Zerline, uh, even their long snappers made it to the Pro Bowl. Like, it doesn't sound like special teams are going to be a problem if if this guy's the coordinator, and that's exciting. And Once again, just give me experience is the well, way I look at it. I just wanted some experience. The thing about special teams, coach, and and we've talked about this before. You've got to be aggressive when you're in the room talking about players. You've got to be able to get players. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to stand on the table and say. This guy that just got cut by the Patriots or whoever or by the Jets, this guy is who we need as our linebacker. And part of that is having the respect of the people in the room to where they will listen yeah. and take those actions into and consideration, that, you know, right? Mia culpa, like I, you know, I guess I learned something about football over the years because when Rich Passaccia was here, I used to always be like how many how many special teamers do you need? Like, what, why don't they go after players that can contribute on offense? You know, James Hanna, Kyle Wilbur, Jeff Heath for a time, like mm-hmm. Keith Smith. I was like, this guy must have so much sway that all these guys that don't help the offense or the defense yeah. are on the team. But you know what? Their special teams were really good more often than not. Yep. Yep. And that's also about just having having the, the respect of everybody in room enough to where when you say that, they're like, we might not want to, but we need to give him this special teams player. Right. You know? And that's about experience. His experience will probably help with that. Of all of, I'm I'm excited that Kellen is coming back if he is coming back. But of all of the news that I've heard, I think uh, Fassel being the special teams coordinator is the most noteworthy to me because that's how bad the special teams were for this team last year. All right, let's talk about. Isn't the, he related to? He's Jim's son and Fossil. Jim, form, the former yes, coach of the, the former Giants, Giants coach. Yeah. You're probably the, Rod Marinelli's son-in-law is the defensive coordinator. But it's, in LA. it's the the former Giants coach. That's yeah. his. Yeah, that's his, his son. It's his son. Yeah, Fossil. You keep saying fast, fossil, fossil. I don't. Okay. Potato, tomato, whatever. Yeah, F-A. something like that. I just make sure fa, it's the same fa. guy. It's the, they call the same him, guy. They call him the Bones. Guy. Yeah, they do. They do. Skinny. Okay. All right. They don't. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, let's move uh, on. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> well, it would have been Tom, funnier, Tom but Sula. I'll just stop. Let's let's just move on. Jim Tom Sula, defensive line <laughs> uh, again. Rod Marinelli's responsibility before. Uh, what do you guys think there? That is another. I'm I'm intrigued slash excited by that. He's coached. He kind of reminds me of Ed Orgeron. Honestly, is like he's <laughs> no. I'm serious. I'm I'm yeah. so serious. Like he is not. You know, he doesn't wow you. And, like, he's not impressive. You're like, this guy's a coach? Like, he looks, you know, this You're guy. You're not taking him to dinner with sponsors. No, he, like, looks, like, not that guy. he looks like the plumber. 
but he's <laughs> coached a lot of good yeah. D line in his day. Like he knows he knows more about it than anybody else could hope to. And and he's had results. He's coached a lot of great players. Uh, and I mean, everybody's loving on Ed Orgeron right now because he's going to play for the national title. But before this season, he oh, had, when he was hired, I, there was lots of people like, "Wow, a why would you stop? do that?" Yeah. yeah, and and I think Tom Sula is kind of similar. He had his shot as a head coach, and it didn't work out very well. But was bad. He's, yeah, he seems really like 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 rough and yeah. scruffy. He and just all that. I think he doesn't seem like he's going to wear a hot boys chain. He just wants to like <laughs> hang out with pass My, rushers. Rod didn't. You sure about that? Well, no, I don't. He just, I th- he just wants to like talk about hand placement technique yeah. and and old mu- uh, muscle cars. I feel like those are probably his only interests. <laughs> yeah, just ah, football. Let's like, yeah. And he, I love coaches like that. I They're the too. best. They're the ones that get the most you know, out of their players. You know what? What I'm um, excited about today, I, and I don't know if he's going to go into detail on players and all that, but I, I remember uh, 2003 when. Lozell Adams, was, at this point in his career, was been a five-year lineman, and he he, he was not he was a second-round pick, but he was not anyone that was you know had anyone excited. They called him a bust. He had false start penalties, and he was going to be a free agent. And everyone just said he was he's gone. And Parcells comes in in this first press conference, and he says, "Well, one of the first things we need to do is we need to go get lock up Flozell Adams." As one of the best left tackles in football, and everybody was like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, this guy is unbelievable. You just got to get him, co-. you know." And he he made five straight Pro Bowls, mm-hmm. and, and he's one of the best players in Cowboys history. So who's McCarthy going to say that's that about? That's what I wonder. Oh, okay. and I wonder about that with with Tom Sula. I wonder if he comes in and you know, Rashard did it with with Byron and Jones. Byron Jones, yeah. and says, you know, sure. Malik Collins. I mean, what are we doing here? Was yeah. he signed yet? You know, something. He like He just that. needs to be doing something different. That, yeah. That's that's what the coach does. He said, "I got something for him. Like, oh, yeah. I know how to use." And this there's stuff. a lot of players out there, and that's why they have holdovers. Mm-hmm. That's why Kellen's here. That's why Leon Lett might be here. That's why you have holdovers because you don't just come in and say, "This guy's good." You know, I keep saying, but let's say Rico gathers with here, you'd be like, well, "Look at him. We're going to get him to play." And then that's when another coach has been here. Was like, well. Let's talk. Let me talk about that. <laughs> that. Yeah. Let's talk. But but that's why these. That's not the only reason Kellen's yeah. here. It's not the only reason you'll have holdovers. But it's one of the reasons is you want to just kind of get a good feel for what happened last year. What did y'all? You know, what were y'all doing? Before we go to break, I do want to jump on a call. We got a call from Portugal. John out in Portugal. Whoa. John, what up? Oh, hello. How Hi. you doing? How you guys doing? Great. We're good. Uh, yay! Uh, I was actually going to talk about Jim Fossil. So. Um, no, never mind. No, uh, but basically, okay. if you have to win two out of the three phases, did Dallas actually win the special teams phase in any game last year? No. Hmm. No, exactly. And so, you know, yeah, their offense won a phase one week, and their defense won a phase one week, but their their special teams never won a phase. Wow. So, you know. <laughs> Fred Maher did win special teams player of the week one week. I, I, I don't that know. That is true for kicking 62 yards I, or whatever. But the whole thing is that – that now they got a chance of winning special teams every week. Yeah. So that gives them one phase, and now the other two teams, you know, you're never going to win all three phases except for, you know, when, when you, you win 50 to 10, butt, right? Yeah, yeah and, and that's not often in the NFL. So, you know, now they have a shot at two out of the three phases. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a huge hire. I think it's a great point. I, again, it, it gets to the heart of what I thought was the biggest challenge for this coaching staff. Not necessarily the team overall, but just for the coaching staff last year, was that they just didn't have the amount of experience that I wanted them to have as a staff. And I think this year, like you were saying, like 
You look at the number of years these guys have been doing it. I mean, it is immense. They have a lot of experience, and they have a lot of experience doing really great work. I just like that. Jason, I, sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Jason Garrett knows too much about football to like not think special teams is important, but it's hard not to get that impression from the way last year went. Even like, it's almost like he liked Brett Maher so much because it took the pressure off him to decide what to do. He's like, well, the, I mean, he can kick sixty-two yards, so we can do that instead of like having to make a tougher decision. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, this guy can hit from 62. It makes my job easier. Just send him out there. Uh, which, like I said, like, he's he knows too much about football for that to be the case, but that's how it seemed. And uh, it's exciting to think that they could have that element of special teams where it's like a game within a game. Like, you, it's they call it hidden yardage. You can win games that way. If he can, if he can do that and really teach these guys, then that's, that's going to be a very valuable uh, commodity to have. But what I worry about is, a, is when I talk about the talent on this team, is a team like this structured well enough to be good on special teams? Because you think about it, they're about to have the highest paid, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. And receivers as well. They have one of the highest paid running backs, left tackle, left guard, or right guard, center, defensive end, inside linebacker, maybe cornerback. They're very, very, very top heavy. We know that. That's why everyone calls them talented because they do have all these talented players. But when you have when you're top heavy, it means it's got to balance out somehow, and it balances out at the bottom of the roster. And the bottom of the roster are the guys that are be playing special teams. So if you don't have this great teacher that can teach these guys every year, then it, that's going to be a problem. And I think that the way this team is structured. There's a hole there, and look at the look at the Patriots. The Patriots are great on special teams, but they don't have top end players other than the quarterback, and he's not even paying that that well. They don't have those top end players like that, so they're they're, they're structured differently. I will say though, the Rams are pretty top heavy. Yeah, they I mean, are. I mean, the Rams are paying Donald, they're paying That's Goff, point, yeah. they're paying DeGurley. Why isn't he coming back? They were. I, I don't know this. Peters and Talib. I, I mean, he might be out of contract. Maybe I, I don't know. New. I don't. And I, and honestly. Were they that good in, on special teams last year? I don't have like, the numbers in front. I, I just know either. the. I mean, he was there from 2012, and the resume over time yeah. was consistently good. He's got a, you know, people know that he's he's a guy that's very aggressive, and and we talked about those fake punts and stuff like that. Like they will do some some different out of the box thinking stuff, and that's, that's what I like. Which, yeah, I, it I just the Cowboys were just too conservative mm-hmm. when it came to that. There was. A lot of hesitation. Just you, when you watch them playing on special teams, it was like the the want, as if the want wasn't there. Like the the desire to actually go out and and make the play. It was more like kind of scare, like hesitation a lot of the times. But when you when you apply the whole creativity aspect of things, it allows you to create more opportunities for your players to be able to do something rather than stand there and figure out, oh, oh mm-hmm. crap, where do I go? What do I do now? You, you know, that that's nice, and I want to see more creativity. But more importantly for this special teams, I just want to get the basic things right. There were yeah. so many times last year that guys didn't stay in the right lane. Guys didn't block the right guy. Guys didn't make the right decision when it was on whether you fair catch or whether you should return it. Like It's those kinds of situations where I need them to be coached up better and the players take accountability for doing the right things when they're supposed to do the right things. And I think if you can get the blocking and tackling, no pun intended, done well for that special teams, I think that goes a long way. And then if you add some creativity, great. But they got to get more consistent with doing the basic things that special teams needs to do. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. Let's get some more calls. 888-855-2297. Again, 888-855-2297. We'll be right back. This is The Break. Ready? Okay. Give me a 
cheered. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only, but cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes, a 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys success from the sidelines, head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory because this season Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day too with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to the break. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to take some questions throughout the remainder of the show. 888-855-2297 is our number. Whether you have a question or if you just have a comment about this new coaching staff, we'd love to hear from you guys and, uh, and kind of toss those things around. We'll take a call right now from Tim in Wake Forest. Tim, what up? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you, How you doing? doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a long-time uh, Cowboys fan since the 70s, and I've seen us win with uh, Tom Landry. I've seen us win with Jimmy Johnson. It's just almost 20 years that everyone knows. No secret. We haven't won anything, and uh, we're just on the edge. You know, I'm just sort of dovetailing on what I heard uh, David Hellman uh, say earlier about the team not knowing uh, what they want to do. Or they've tried everything from going with uh, no running back to anybody can run behind the line or to wide receivers. we go by committee, and then they're trying this new coaching scheme. And uh, I tell you, I was going to be one of those fans who was going to, to bail ship. I wanted to jump off. It's like, look, I just got a man cave in my basement. <laughs> I was ready. I had my cowboy stuff. And I'm like, what are we doing? No championship. So all I have to say is that um, I want to um, say what Doug Taylor on or what David Helm was saying. He was like, they're trying everything. And I wonder, we all know that um, uh, Jerry Jones is running everything and was upset with him. We're not having us a championship, but I have to uh, backtrack on that and say, man, look, this cat has done everything possible. He wants to win. He has done everything possible to try to bring us a championship, and I just love what he's doing with this new coaching staff and allowing um, Mr. McCarthy to come in and do his own thing to get his coaching staff together. So I'm, he's talking me off the ledge. <laughs> secondly, and I'll let you, uh, secondly, I just want y'all to just hit this part too. We always talk about the triplets and, these, and, and we paid a lot of money for DeMarco and Romo and now we got our offense paying a lot of money. When are we going to bring back Doomsday? <laughs> I mean, not just one guy. I mean, the key to me to them Super Bowls has been the defense. You guys know we had the number one defense in 92. Not one made a Pro Bowl. So when, are we going, when is that going to be the focus and put some guys that's not getting burnt 
um, you know, whatever it is. But thanks for your time. Hey, look, it's, I'm, I'm like, go, 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 score Cowboys. Appreciate your time, fellas. Thank all, right. all you do. I listen to you all the time. It's probably my second time calling in. So right. keep doing, keep the good work. Thank we you. We appreciate it, Tim. Thank thanks a lot for the call. Um, let's dive into that. One of the things that, that he said that I thought was really interesting, he said letting Mike McCarthy pull together his staff. It certainly seems like in this instance Mike McCarthy is having a very large say, if not com- completely designing his staff as he chooses it to be, which is one of the things I've always thought a head coach should be allowed to do, and it hasn't always worked out like that. What do you guys think about that dynamic? I, I think that it, it happens way more than you think. I mean, here, I mean, we everyone goes back to the fact that Jason Garrett was was hired before the the head coach. I mean, that's what Jerry Jones thought was going to be a, a you know a good young coach and and. You know, he he was a, a a good young coach. It just got to the point where he wasn't as great, and they needed him to be great. Fans like Tim, they need that, and and rightfully so. Uh, that's what they expect. But I, I don't. I think for the most part, Jason Garrett got to hire who he wanted to hire. I mean, it was just a timing situation, and then here's a guy, and then he brought him in. And uh, do we know that Mike McCarthy got to hire Kellen Moore? I mean, it might, might have been part of the deal. Kellen Moore's on on staff. Yeah, he set, made that comment, but that might have been Jerry's. Like, you're, he's here. We'll see what happens. Or maybe it's up. the flip of that. Maybe as a part of the interview process, maybe it's just kind of understood. Well, if you're going to take the job, here's some stuff that comes with the job. Oh, I love that guy. Great, let's go. You know. So you just never know how that stuff goes. I just think that the the fact that it there are all these like other it. guys yeah. that we mentioned today who are these longtime guys who in some instances have relations mm-hmm. that you can tie back to McCarthy, it seems as though at least he has a heavy input into yeah. what's what's being done. Whatever, whatever, whether it's Kellen Moore or somebody else, like whatever was in place, it wasn't enough that McCarthy said no. And he could have. Yeah. I mean, and like this, I don't, I don't know. I don't think... The Dallas Cowboys are great. I'm not sure like Mike McCarthy's impressed by like I, I can't turn down the Cowboys. Like he coached the Green Bay Packers for 14 years, you know? Like I don't think he's impressed by like the magnitude of this flagship franchise. I think he wants to win, obviously, and he wants a head coaching job, but if Jerry Jones had put these crazy stipulations on the hire, he'd been like, "Okay, I'll go I'll coach Carolina. I don't care. Like I'll just I'll get a job. I'm not worried about it." So, I think that it must not have been this drastic deal like yeah he's like i I love kellen moore i've been watching him all year i don't care if he's on the staff and so i mean yeah i I don't think it's it's that big of a deal um really my main impression from listening to him is i really i don't have a grudge with jason garrett but that call is like why it needed to happen like me selfishly i'm just like finally we can we can cover the team and and give feedback and input on the team and and the response won't be sarcastic like i think people are just ready for something new they're ready to believe that things can change and that wasn't going to happen if jason garrett had come back so it's it's nice to hear people sound enthusiastic about the future instead of sarcastic i mean a lot of it is and, and we all have our own like our own teams that we root for outside of the cowboys uh, for our own personal reasons, right? And the one thing that you never want to be is you never want to find yourself in a situation where you really have no comeback to your friends who are giving you, who are talking to you about your team. Giving you the business? Good. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't want to have been, and that's what I think a lot of Cowboys fans were getting to is they had no more comebacks. Like, it was like, we 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 literally, I have no hope right now. <laughs> you know, and fans want to have hope. They want to be able to, every year, when you go to training camp, fans want to have hope. This year is going to be our year. And I think, 
Cowboys fans are getting to the point where they just didn't have any hope, and that's the part we have to worry. I know. We kind of argued about that down the final stretch of the season. Like, I really do believe if Jason Garrett had come back in 2020, we would have lost a decent number of fans. Maybe not forever, but until until he was gone. At least tuned out and said, yeah. I'm just not going to Yeah, like yeah. maybe they watch on Sunday, but like they're not going to listen to this show five yeah. days a week or, you know, interact with us, all that type. I really think it, it would have affected the, the team or the, you know, the fan base, whatever. Yeah. All right, let's take a call from Tom in Pennsylvania. Tom, what up? Yeah, hi, guys. Good show. Uh, seems like uh, overall this year our health is pretty good on the team. And I was just wondering, when they change coaches, does he bring in his own strengths and conditioning coaches and, or, and trainers, or do they remain the ones we had last year? All right, thanks That's for a call. really good question. I mean, you know, it's it's tough to to know that answer. I, I will say from uh, the athletic trainers, they have been here since, um, you know, back in the days of Jimmy, and even some of them were um, with Landry, I believe, as interns. So they've been around a while, and they haven't changed uh, those guys. Um, strength coaches can be a little bit different, yeah. but for the most part, some of those guys have – have stayed on through different staffs. I know with Parcells, he he tried to make a change with the with the coach that was here, but then he ended up keeping him. So um, there hasn't been a lot of uh, turnover there. But but I think if he if he's got a guy that he really really likes, yeah, he I mean he, he could definitely do that. And I, I mean I say it's a good question because like that stuff is affected by every coaching hire, and you know those aren't guys that are making gaudy salaries either. So it's something to keep in mind and. I don't get the impression that there's going to be wide sweeping changes, but I think I mean a couple people here and there could come and go. I mean, Mike Wojcik comes to mind. He's I mean he's been coaching the NFL for how many years? Yeah, ever. And I mean at some point you would think he's going to retire. Maybe that could be something that happens because of this. I'm not sure, but I don't get the impression that there's going to be like these sweeping staff no. changes. So it is something to watch though. Yeah, I think one thing to note too is, and and this Jerry has told said this publicly many times, and we've seen it. We saw it play out last week. Jerry is a loyal guy, so when it comes down to it, you talk about those guys that have been there for a very very long time. Yeah, some of that matters. It matters because Jerry is a loyal guy, and Jerry feels like if you're loyal to him, he'll be loyal loyal to you. Sure. And so for some of those guys, I suspect that you know there may be some changes that that the new head coach can make, but I think there's some guys that. They're probably going to come with the dinner. Well, you think, know? think about this. Bill Parcells came in in 2003, and he, he made a huge change to the uh, um, training room. Okay, he didn't he didn't change a player. He just turned the air conditioner down to 59 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, I mean, it, literally, he was yeah. like, "Get out of the training room. No food in here. This isn't a place where you come and hide from the media. This isn't a hangout. And spot. You sit sit down in here. If you hurt." Get your ankle tape. Get some treatment. Do whatever you need to do. It's going to be freezing cold in here. You don't want to be in here. You want to get out of here. I don't want people hurt in here running around. That was a huge change. Didn't change one guy. Yep. So you can make a big change without making some of those. That changes. makes me feel bad for the training staff. Oh, they got to wear a yeah. parka in there. Yeah, they, they, they did for them. Yeah. They had like yeah. snuggies on. The I whole bet time. they do. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I bet it accomplished the purpose. I sure. bet guys were not hanging out in the training room anymore. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's take a call from Rob in Las Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey guys! Hey, Hi. what's up, Rob? I I think this is a, a really good hire. I think it's everything we needed in the sense of, you know, a guy coming in with respect and a ring matters because it's been about 
14 years or so, I, don't, I can't remember how many years, you know, Wade Phillips never really won anything as a head coach. And obviously, Jason Garrett never did. So I just think him coming in, and, and plus, the team that seemed like always stood in our way to get to the next step was Green Bay. So these players look at it like, wow, this guy, you know, he's always beating us. And I know Aaron Rodgers was a huge part of that, but you've got to give this guy credit for that. I, I think we don't always agree on Jason Garrett. I don't think Jason Garrett was horrible. I, I, I think he was good. But the one thing we kind of agree on is he wasn't a very good game day coach. He was just so many times where we look like, why is, he, why is he punting now when he would go for it then? And I, and I just think McCarthy will be better on the, during the game. I just think... You'll just be a better a game day coach, and I just think he brings a little tougher, I don't know, attitude. And I'm not saying he's a screamer or anything like that. I just think what I watched that interview with Peter King was really interesting. I never really paid attention to Mike McCarthy, but the more I'm watching it, the, the one thing I came to: this guy's hungry. This guy wants to prove everybody that you know what you firing me after 13 years is going to be a mistake, and. And I could see this This guy's hungry. I mean, to do what he did, the McCarthy papers or whatever, you call, not too many guys would, would do that. So I think it's a, a really good hire. And I like the fact that he's going to call the plays. All right. Oh, oh. Nick. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things that he, he talked about, I did want to talk about real quick, is the, the analytics part. Um, obviously, that you know, it's been well documented that he kind of put a team together of some coaches, and they would meet as a staff, and 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 they would kind of treat it like they were another. Team. Just goes to the point you were asking about what he's been doing for yeah. the last year, and, and I and I think it's more impressive than than even the the twelve or thirteen years in, in Green Bay. And the reason why is we talk so much about Jason Garrett and and just coaching staff with a little bit of arrogance. Of we do it our way. We do it this way. This is the way we do it. And a lot of coaches are that way. It's not just Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. You gotta get set in your ways. To be able, if this really happened like this, and I think it did, to be able to step back and say, all right, let's do some things different. Let's let's take a different approach here. Let's let's look at, at, at different ways to do things. And and you know, this guy's won a Super Bowl, but he's still taking the time, like the caller said, to say, I'm going to see if there's a different way to do it. I'm going to get another shot. When I get another shot, I'm going to be even more prepared than I was before. I think that is very impressive. And so we've talked about what's Garrett going to do. Is he going to take us do the same thing? I don't know. You got to be a, in a way not so set and do what we do and say I need to do what works. And I think that's something. You know, it's still early here, but I yeah. think if if he's willing to do that, it goes a lot. It's hard to change people that are older and set yeah. in their ways. I mean, I'm stubborn. To, I mean, we, we do what we do. So for him if, to make a change, if that really happened, I think it's impressive. I do too, but I want to. I want to actually see what that means. I, I mean, okay. And even even in the even you know the interviews and felt like a PR campaign, honestly. And good on him. I mean, that's that's awesome. But what does that actually mean? Does it mean you're going to be more aggressive on fourth down and go for two? Does it mean you've got people giving you probability input like John Harbaugh? Does it mean, um, you know, does it mean more play action? Does it mean passing on early downs? Like, what exactly does that mean? Or are you just throwing out the word analytics because you know it's popular with the football community right now? Well, I think it's well more, way more thought out than that. I think I, I do it, too. When you, when you listen to to what what he was saying in the article, he basically set up a whole 
his idea of what the entire team would look like. I want to say it was like six guys that would be a part of a video team, eight guys that would be a part of a an analytics team, and their whole job together as one group would be to understand how analytics play into football and make sure that the coaching staff and the players are put into position where they take advantage of all of those numbers and all that data to give them the best opportunity to win. That may be game stuff, that may be training stuff, that may be whatever it might be. They want their whole job, that's a 14-person staff, their whole job would be to figure out how data works in football and make sure that the Cowboys would be at the front end of using all that data to make the best decisions. My thought was always, and you guys know from around the office, probably a month ago when I first saw the article and I sent it to you guys and I was that was at that point I was like if they're gonna make a coaching change this is the guy I want the reason why is not so much necessarily that 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 he was doing the stuff around analytics or whatever my thought was just you take any professional that's already good at what he does which his resume says he's already a good coach you give him a year and you say go away from your profession and go figure out how to be better than what you were before they're gonna come back a ton I think Better. If you give me a year to go and just sit in isolation and figure out how I can be a better, how I can do media better, I'm going to come back with way more ideas, way smarter, way better to, to handle the job than I was when I left. And that to me was why I said, this is a great hire. And I figured he was going to be a guy that was going to be highly sought after. I think he got more interviews than anybody that was on mm-hmm. out there searching this, this offseason. And I think it's why he blew the Cowboys away from the moment he got there and first started talking. I think he blew them away. It's very hard not to draw the parallel of Andy Reid spending a year learning college spread concepts, going to Kansas City, and they've basically been in the playoffs every year since he He got hasn't there. had, in seven seasons, he's only had one season of less than 10 wins. That's amazing. Andy Reid. And it, by the way, Andy Reid was a good coach while he was in Philly. Mm-hmm. His voice got it got stale there. And it was time to move on. And he got to Kansas City and he is he's Which, been killing it. It's I mean, I you know, the Priest Holmes, um Oh my God, why can't I think of the guy's name? The freaking uh Willie Rofe. Jeez. Oh my God. Like those Chiefs of the mid two thousands, they were great, yeah. but it's easy, like they were a laughing stock for a chunk there. Like the Mike McCarthy's one loss in 2011 was to a terrible Chiefs team, mm-hmm. and it's I mean, but you don't think of them that now way they're anymore. Perennially, they good. are they yeah. have the success that the Cowboys covet so dearly. Where at I mean, for seven years, you know they're going to be in the mix, and I mean, even before Mahomes got there, they've been in the mix. Yep. So that's Rob. I hadn't even gotten that far. Rob said on our joint show on Monday, he was like, success for McCarthy would be being in the conversation every year for three, four, five, six, seven years. And that's like such a novel concept to the Cowboys over the last 20 years. That would be incredible. Of course. Of course. But okay. In the conversation, the Cowboys have been in the conversation and make the playoffs every year. But I mean, but that, I honestly. Yes. That's raising the bar. They, That's need, what he's they need to get to a conference title game. They need to win a Super Bowl. But what makes it so frustrating, what made the Garrett era so frustrating is that you never built on a good year. Ever. 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 Mm-hmm. And that, like, even if they even if they don't get to a Super Bowl in the first three years of McCarthy's tenure, if they're in the mix every single year, it would be an improvement on I, what I they've had. I don't want to pile on, on Garrett on just on that. That's been the way it is for the last 20 years. No, I know. This Absolutely. Team hasn't had back-to-back success in right. – it's been 20 it's years. It's been a while. And that's 20. why I think it's just 
almost as important as winning a Super Bowl is just being a consistently 9, 10, 11, yeah. 12 win franchise. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We're back next Wednesday. We'll have more talk for you guys. I'm sure there'll be more news coming out. Stay tuned to DallasCowboys.com. This has been uh, for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm, and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!